we thank you um, that you are mighty. Uh, we thank you that you're mighty enough to save us, that you're willing to save us. Uh, we thank you that we can uh, call you uh, Savior. We thank you that you are a beautiful Savior. We thank you that you're our friend, our comforter. Uh, Lord, I pray right now as we um, worship together uh, through the giving of tithes and offerings that uh, that would truly be that, an act of worship as we give back uh, to a Savior who's given everything for us. Um, I pray that you would just help us to worship through song, worship through the opening of your word, worship through the fellowship together, and worship through uh, serving you today. We love you in your most precious and holy name, I pray. Amen. <coughs>
That's what I want us to look at today. Listen, if it takes this, I'll pull it out. I mean, if it fits in the gun, shoot it. God's done some pretty miraculous things around here lately. I'm going to get it out one more time. My sweet, sweet little friend, Lot. Little four foot nothing, died on the ships, 72 years old, rung out for Jesus, living with him eternally. He faced him and said it was all worth it. Lot him in. Last year we gave $7,566 to the Lottie Moon Christmas offering. We go to the International Missions for the Southern Baptist Convention to support almost 5,000 missionaries. $7,566. We have heard in the recent months that between six and 800 Lotties are coming home off the mission field because our giving has been so far down we cannot keep them there. Six to eight hundred missionaries. That's six to eight hundred empty villages. That's six to eight hundred missing visions and hearts and orphanages and house churches without the gospel. So this year, I asked Brooke and Joy to help me focus our attention on Body Moon. You watch videos. Some of you jingled for Jesus. Some of us just watched. But we set that going. Brooke said, where, where do we want to go? I said, well, I don't want to put a hard and fast number. I said, but we gave $7,566. I want 10,000 plus. I feel like that's what the Lord would want from us. 10,000 plus. So, we saw by the time we finished the race, we'd already beat that. We'd already surpassed that. That's pretty <coughs> phenomenal, isn't it? Yeah. Church, we're over $18,000. Amen. Amen. We're over triple what was given last year. Now, let that spin in you, noggin, for just a minute. Triple. Triple. That sounds like five load, two fish kind of stuff, doesn't it? I mean, Brooke, I'm not going to ask you to be honest because I'd have to be honest. Sometimes we start thinking and we say we trust the Lord, you know. We, I trust the Lord to do this, but, you know, you look back over the past and you think, well, based on what we've done in the past, you know, we, this is what we're going to do. You know, high attendance day, well, you know, we may run this, we may run that. I, I want to remind you, it's not been that long ago, we had 309 in Sunday school. I want to remind you, it hasn't been long. Matter of fact, we can bring you down to Thunder Farm. We put over 500 people in here. Well, isn't he the same Jesus every Sunday that he is with those you got in Thunder children? I mean, when are we going to wake up and get it? It's a new day. God can do miraculous things if we will just make ourselves available to him. Be an empty vessel to walk, to run, to talk, to give, to serve. It's a new day. Church, we are down to $30,000 paying off that enormous debt for this building and the new educational building. Listen, we're heading into a new day. That's nothing. We ought to have that done by Easter. You just gave $20,000 basically in a month to missions. How phenomenal. Imagine if we just became sold out to the idea that God can do above and beyond anything we ask or think because that's exactly what the Bible says. I want you to turn to Joshua chapter 1. I'm just a little excited. I just sat with the New Beginning Sunday School class 
And we discussed several thousand years in eternity. Uh, talking about end times, last things. And uh, we, our Sunday school class is green. We take the material that y'all used last quarter and we just reuse it. And so we follow pretty much behind everybody. Hey, we save money that way. We're, just, we're in the scripture. We're so there in Revelation right now. And I'm sitting with my parents last Sunday and my phone blows up. What about this? What about this? And I said, look, I'll be back next week. And so this morning we, we talked about it, but here's the deal. Out of all that stuff, tribulation, millennial reign, bottomless pit, antichrist, temple worship, abomination of desolation, uh, strong delusion, dragons, horns, heads. You know what the whole thing is? Jesus is Lord and King and we're winners on his side. That's the story of Revelation. We win. Because he won. And as we enter into 2016, I haven't been here yet, y'all. It's all new to me. It's not new to him. For he is eternal. Some of us had a rough 2015. Some may have lost jobs. Some have seen family members go on to be with the Lord. Some have struggled in relationships and with finances. Well, I want you to understand, Joshua knew, knew how you feel today. Joshua, we forget this, Joshua knew what it was like to live in bondage in Egypt. One of the very few, matter of fact, he was one of only two men that went into the promised land that lived under bondage in Egypt. Joshua Caleb. He knew what it was like to live strangled by the government and by the things of the world that says, don't, don't bring your God around me. He knew bondage. He knew the wilderness. He had spent 40 years wandering around in the wilderness. And here's the thing. Some of you today may say, you know what? My life just seems to be a shambles. And it's not even my fault. I feel like I've served God. I've tried to come. And you're on the cusp of quitting. You're like, I don't know why I waste my time with this. I've tried to teach Sunday school. I've tried to be a good deacon. I've tried to be a good mother. I've tried to be a good teenager. And I look around and everybody else, it seems like in my life, has let God down. They've let me down. And I just, I don't know if it's worth it anymore. I got news for you. Stop looking at your situation based on someone else. Because Joshua was faithful, but he had to stay in the wilderness because of the sin of his people. But you know what? Because of his faithfulness, in the midst of all the trials of the wilderness, of walking around chasing their tail. Have you ever looked at a map? They went in circles. I mean, it just looks like a kid, you know, that's just learning to try to color with a crayon. They just went all over the place. And there was nothing planned because sin does that to you. Taking your eyes off the Lord. And God had done such great and marvelous things that when the spies went in, Joshua and Caleb come back and said, God has truly given us a land flowing with milk and honey. May we go in and take it now. Ten said no. Whereas grasshoppers in the sight of giants. Listen to me. Don't ever base your life on the plan God has for your life on what the majority says. Young people, you hear me? Young Mary, you hear me? Literally, you hear me? Doesn't matter what everybody else thinks. Doesn't matter what is the most popular thing going on, even in Christianity, even in government, even in other things. Listen, they were all 10 out of 12 said, we can't go. And because they followed the majority, they lived in the wilderness. And all the other ten spies died. Stay faithful. Stay faithful. He understood what it was like to go through the wilderness. And he knew suffering because of national disobedience. He had faithfully followed for decades. But guess what God tells him? 
Verse 2, Moses, my servant, is dead. He didn't say that. Hey, Joshua, come over here. We're going to have a retreat. Me and you going to talk. And we're going we're gonna to have scones, and we're going to drink hot tea, and we're going to talk about each other's feelings. No, he got right up in Joshua's face. He said, Joshua, the reality is your leader is dead. We're trying to talk around finality. We're trying to talk around truth. But the truth was, Moses died. Moses was supposed to lead him into the promised land, but even Moses broke a very cardinal rule. He tried to smite the rock twice. And God judged him. Let him die and buried him on the top of Mount Nebo and looked over at Joshua. He said, Joshua, Moses is dead. Son, it's time for you to step up and lead. You have been a leader from behind. You have been a great follower. You have been one of the only true, faithful followers for 40 years. You've followed. You've trusted. You've told others to follow the leader, to follow God's man. But Joshua, I have been preparing you for a new day. Church, it's time we step up and step out. It's time some of us start leading. We can look back at 2015 and say, this happened, that happened, I lost this one. Guess what? Joshua had every excuse in the world. He could say, oh, I've got to be away more. I've got to do this more. Listen, aren't you glad there are people who put God first? We have so justified and rationalized our own feelings that we have put aside the fact that Jesus himself said, let the dead bury the dead. Take up your cross and follow me. But you're going to have to deny yourself to do that. So, he goes on in chapter 1. You know, we like to read all of this stuff. Verse 7, only be strong and very courageous. Verse 9, have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Let's listen to what the practicality of that is. We know that. We know that. Yes, get a believer around. Do we believe that God will give us courage? God will go before you? Yes. Why don't we go? Because we don't believe in the day-to-day -day aspects of it. Listen, I want to show you in our lives, in our families, in our country, and especially in Eastside, it's a new day. It's a new day. God is sweeping through our lives. We're seeing people saved, people change. We're seeing relationships grow, marriages saved, believers being baptized. We're seeing God do great things. Is that enough? We want to see more of it. Amen. I mean, we've seen one go. I mean, I feel guilty for setting this love now. I do. I feel, I feel guilty of not stepping out more in faith. We say, well, we just don't want to handcuff people. Listen, if we want to see God-sized miracles, we've got to have God-sized faith. We want to see people change, lives change, community change. Then we've got to be willing to take the steps and pay the price to see what God wants to do. First of all, I want you to notice with me. He said in verse 10, Joshua commanded the officers of the people, saying, Pass through the camp and command the people, saying, Prepare provisions for yourself, for within three days you will cross over this Jordan to go in. To possess the land which the Lord your God is giving you to possess. I want you to see three things with me very quickly this morning. Because Angela Todd was standing over there keeping the nursery. And she said, be quick. <laughs> three things. One, in the fact that it's a new day, we need to pass on the word. Second of all, we need to prepare for the way. Number three. And this is one you ought to enjoy. We ought to possess His will. First of all, notice how we should pass on 
the word. He said, pass through the camp and command the people. And he began to tell them to prepare and possess and to enjoy the things. It starts with passing on the word of God. King David said, I have hid your word in my heart that I may not sin against you. It's a lamp in my feet and a light in my path. You are the word. In the beginning was you. You are that spoken word. You are the living word. You are the logos. There is life in your word. You are John 3.16. You are Philippians 4.13. You are Revelation chapter 21. You are Genesis 1.1. You are everything in between. You are the word. We must be passing on the word, church. Challenge my Sunday school class. I've challenged us before. Read your Bible all the way through in 2016. If we want to see revival, it's going to be when people of God read His Word. We read our Kindles, our tablets, our iPhones, our iPods, our iPatches, and everything else. Read the Word of God. And I don't care if you read it on your Kindle. Read it on your tablet. Look. Read it over papyrus. I don't care. Just read the Word of God. Read the Word of God. It will change. I will tell you. You'll be coming into class. You'll be teaching the class. And not even realize it. Because it will so excite you what God is doing. <coughs> he told the people Joshua was excited because he knew what God would do. And he spread the Word. He said, go and tell everybody the life-changing message. What is that life-changing message? Jesus saves. Jesus saves. Shout salvation full and free. I mean, listen. Across the steeps and across the way. It's all about Him. It's a new day. Church, listen, we can look at the world and say, Oh, but the Muslim. The... Listen, all that stuff don't scare God. trying to get ahead of my plan. You know why we're in such a mess? You don't know why we have to be problems? We're trying to fix it. Fix it. We want to fix stuff. Stop fixing it. Because all you're doing is making a mess. You're nothing more than an insurance commercial. <laughs> Maybe. Churches are a mess. Families are a mess. Schools are a mess. Government's a mess. Yeah, let's just figure it out. Yeah, we'll do a real good job of that. <coughs> but if His people who are called by His name will humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked way, He'll do what? He'll hear from heaven. And He will forgive us of our sins and He will heal our land. Church, what, what's the message? He said, pass on the word. What is the word? It's a word of hope. There's hope. Look at me. There's hope. You may feel miserable. I, I get it. Some of you spent through some very, very hard days. There's hope. There's hope. There's always hope in Christ. Because our hope is not in this world only. Because then we'd be most miserable. But our hope is in Christ, which has conquered death, hell, and the grave. There's hope. There's hope. One of our, one of our own just baptized recently, Ty Aquarius, had a bad accident this week and uh, broke his leg pretty bad. Had to be taken to Savannah Hospital. I wonder how many of us would have the same kind of desire as this. He said, they're letting me go, they're letting me go after lunch. I said, awesome, how are you feeling? Pretty good? He said, yes, sir, hopefully I will be at church this evening. I said, I would love to see that. He said, yes, sir. 
He started in yesterday, sent me a picture of him walking in the hospital. He said, I'm trying to get him to let me go so I can be at church in the morning. I said, Ty, slow down, take a deep breath. Sometimes you gotta recuperate. But it's the desire. I mean, we got up this morning, and we may have had our aches and pains, but we thought, well, yeah, I'm going. I will go to Sunday school, but I will go to church. We make our grand appearance. And we we've already dismissed any idea of coming back on Sunday night. Sunday night. That's a little fanatic. I got a new story. I've got some really cool stuff that's going to be coming up on Sunday nights. Lord's willing, next Sunday night, we're going to start showing forth some vision for the future at Eastside. That Sunday morning, the 31st of January, High Attendance Day, that night, we're having a new believer's birthday party. Everybody. <coughs> what? No. Okay, one in Sunday nights. I thought it was fifth Sunday night. One in Sunday nights, we're going to have a birthday party. How many of you were baptized in 2015? Born again baptized in 2015. Alright, we're going to have a party for y'all. I mean, anybody was baptized in 2015. Or if you've not received your, your little certificate and all that stuff yet, you're going to get it that night. We're going to party like it's 2016. <laughs> My edition is better than Prince's. The whole deal is, listen, what else should we celebrate with somebody's new life in Christ? And they've kind of stacked up. We've been meaning to give them out of joy. I said, y'all can give these to them. I said, you know, you're right. I said, let's have a party and do it. Let's have a party. We're going to have some cool stuff going on. And it comes in hope. Listen, I know I'm crazy. Y'all look at me like I'm crazy. I get that already. But here's the deal. because I understand my mother called me yesterday. She said, is it all right if I post online that your anniversary was 32 years ago yesterday? I said, yeah, mama. Yeah, I'm proud you remember. <laughs> Not my marriage, but I preached my first sermon January 1st, 1984. I preached my first Sermons pastor of Eastside, January 1st, 2020. We've been here four years. Amen. God is blessed. Has it all been hunky dory and paved in gold? No. Would I trade it? Yeah, some of it I would. But I'm glad God's got us where we're at. I believe Joshua, if you had asked him, said, would you trade any of that? Well, of course I would. I would have punched him ten in the mouth, tied him up, locked him up. When are we going to the promise land? There's things we can always change, but the hope is God is walking with us. God forgives us. God moves us forward. And he gives us help. He said, go through and pass on the word. It's a new day. It's a new leader. There's a new way. There's a new land. It's time to go and take your word. You've been thinking about how, why, should I? Should I tell somebody about it? What if something happens? Listen, life's too short not to know. Don't live with regret. Let 2016 be the year you step down and follow the Lord. Because there's hope. People need to hear this hope. Huh? Don't you need to know there's hope? Some of us sitting here today don't feel very hopeful. We feel like there's no help, hope for marriage. We feel like there's no hope for a relationship. We feel like there's no hope in life. We feel like there's no hope in a job. I've got news for you. Jesus is the only ray of hope we have. Pass on the word. Because it's life changing. Prepare for the way. We need to take care of our spiritual health. It has been said an army travels on its stomach. <coughs> That if the army gets hungry, they, they're not going to be able to go. Last night was one of the ugliest and funnest ball games I've watched the last couple of weeks. Between TCU and Oregon. And I watched that quarterback, backup quarterback, because the other one done, did a no-no, popped the police, and 
got what was coming to him. And so the backup comes in, starts the game, and that kid, I'm going to tell you, he took a beat. He took a beat. They were down 31 to nothing at the half. I'm like, this ain't even fun to watch. They come back in three overtimes in the morning. You say, I don't care about football. I don't care. One day you'll wise up. <laughs> the truth is, the whole point here is, it ain't over until it's over. But the really cool thing about it is, they left it all out. I, I never, ever, I've coached high school for over a decade. I've coached rec ball. I've watched college and pro uh, almost religiously. I've never seen someone leave so much on the field as that quarterback, those players on both sides did. I mean, they literally just collapsed in the end of that game. We must take care of ourselves. And ultimately, the best condition team, they outlast. My coach down here, track coach, basketball coach, he's amen preacher. Now this is what John amen. I just want to clarify that. How do we prepare? How do we take care of our spiritual health? Number one, he said right here. Prepare provisions for yourself. We want to be so selfless, but in, in doing so, sometimes we're really being selfish because what we need to do is we need to pray. We need to talk to Him. If you were here Wednesday night, you had a good time. Amen. And I told them, for those of you who couldn't or wouldn't, I said the rest of the church has you to thank because you're here tonight praying for the future of this church. We came in here and we prayed, man. We, we prayed for our families. We prayed for our church. We prayed. I know some of you were providentially hindered. Couldn't be. I don't mean it in a derogatory way, but I'm telling you, the least popular service and the most needed is prayer. Prayer meeting. Getting on our face before God. Coming to the altar. Praying. And it always seems to me the people who never want to come to the altar are the ones that seem like they need prayer the most. The ones who come are the ones that seem like they need to leave you because they pray. 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 When you get tired of praying, pray a little bit more. You should get completely bored. Pray for me. And listen, I'll take you a good while. We need to talk to Him. We need, we need that spiritual health of prayer. We need to walk with Him. This is our daily bread. We need to walk with Him in the Word. When you walk with Him in the Word, you're praying, you're meditating, you're listening, then I'm going to tell you what's going to happen. That Bible that you read, you may read some obscure scripture in Genesis chapter 23 or Numbers 12 or Psalm 77. And in your life, you're going to run into something. And because you read it and placed it in here, it's going to come here. And God's going to say, you read that. Remember, and you're going to be like, I just read that. Oh, and you're going to and God's word is going to be alive to you. We need to, listen, pray. We need to talk to him. But we need to walk with him in daily bread. He said, we must not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. That's our daily bread. Walk with Him. We need to abide in Him. You know, really, really listen to what I'm about to tell you. The older I get, the more I understand this. Because the world and religion will tell you this is laziness. Sometimes, what we, need, what we need is not more programs. We don't need more plays. We don't need more ministries. We just need more of Jesus. And so what we need to do is just abide in Him. You know what that means? It doesn't mean skip church. It means to rest in Him. To rest in Him. When we come to church, we ought to feel rested when we leave. I mean, rested to the point you're ready, you're ready to run the race. This ought to be the time of refreshing. 
Look, they teach you, anyone who does anything in athletics, that working out, running, there's got to be a time for the muscles to recuperate. Andrew, you know, back this up, you want to turn me on to the article. Dr. Andrews, one of the foremost, if not the foremost, orthopedic surgeons in the world who has operated on his, I mean, Tommy John, he's the one that really was behind all that stuff. Well, he's the one that did the surgery on a lot of our kids in Alabama because we were right there. His organization, his little deals, who sent us our trainers and all that. He, he wrote a thing recently that says, we're pushing our kids so hard at 9, 10, 11 years old that he said, I am doing Tommy's John surgery on 12-year-olds that I should not even be doing on college kids. They're throwing curveballs when they're 9 and 10 years old and they're never given the time. And he talks about how they ought to, first of all, don't let your son throw curveballs. Don't let them throw curveballs. If they can't throw a four-seam fastball and change up, they don't need to be pitched. Let them throw the curveball when they get older. Don't throw a curveball when you're 9, 10, 11 years old. Go wreck your arm. Don't do it. Professional trainer, training college, talk, is that not right? All right, now, that's just bad. Here's the truth. Dr. Andrew said they go from school ball to rec ball to travel ball and their muscles never rest. And there ought to be at least a three to more, four month season for the muscle sets to rest. Well, the point of all that is this, spiritually. We can be so busy preparing our Sunday school lessons, going to our Dickens meeting, going to our Mary Heart, going to the uh, Young at Heart, going to our Sunday school class out, going to uh, Wednesday night, working with the children, working with the youth, doing our private devotions, our group devotions, our little clubs, our little, all that. We can get so busy in ministry that we don't abide. Jesus said, come apart with me into the wilderness that we may do what? Rest. He said, take my yoke upon me and learn of me, for my yoke is, and my burden is, rest. Rest. That's provision. Some of us need rest. You just think, oh, i got to be busy, i got to be busy, i got to do something all the time. Ladies, y'all the worst. Y'all the worst. I mean, at Christmas, we're like, Mama, sit down. Mother, sit down. And look, she ain't going to do it. She ain't going to do it. Well, I'm just going to finish. I, no, no, you're going to do two more hours. Sit down. You wash dishes when we leave. We'll help. Oh, but I just want, no, Mother, rest. Rest. And if you're living on that crazy idea, you rest when you're dead. <laughs> You're going to find out a lot quicker you think. <laughs> Rest now. And then possess his will. Look. He says, pass them can command them. Prepare provisions for yourself. For within three days you will cross over this Jordan to go into what? Possess the land which the Lord your God is giving you to possess. The word inheritance or inherit, and the idea is mentioned over 58 times in the book of Joshua. To inherit. Now the Bible tells us that with Christ, being born again through Him, by Him, for Him, we are heirs and joint heirs with Christ. Is that not right? Is that in your Bible? Thank you, sir. It is. Y'all had any questions? It is. We're heirs and joint heirs. When you look up heaven's legal documents, there on the adoption sheet, your birth record, your rebirth record, it says that when it all is sorted out, number one, the one that owns it all is not going to die. He's already died. But through his death, burial, and resurrection, we now have been adopted, birthed, and we'll marry into the family so that all that he has is ours. Turn that frown upside down, kiddo. Jesus said, what I have, you have. 
Enjoy life. Enjoy it abundantly. Hope, joy, peace, blessings. Possess His will. He has given us an inheritance of His promises. All through the Scripture, there's promises. There are precious, unconditional promises that we just won't even claim. Then there are conditional promises that we must surrender and walk to claim. Claim the promise. Possess what God has given you. Don't it always kind of excite you when you hear those stories on the news where it says that the government has these billions of dollars and they go in the banks and stuff if it's the, the accounts have been dormant and uh, they take all that stuff and they're looking for people. And if you call in, it's your stuff you can claim and you're like, I might have some money out there. I didn't even know about it. And then you get a little bit excited for men who realize, no, I don't. Well, guess what? There are blessings out there that, that are just untapped. We, we all worry about hoping to win some kind of crazy lottery. Dude, well, trust me, darling. Because he's a sure thing. That's right. He's a sure thing. Trust him. And he can do above and beyond anything you could ever imagine. Now, if you'll come after him, you believe in all that lottery stuff, come after church, give me a hundred dollar bill, and I may give you a thousand. <laughs> I may. I doubt it. But the odds are a lot better than I'm going to than they are. Church, listen to me. Possess his will, which is his promises for us. That would have peace. That would have power. He said we're more than conquerors through him, right? Right? Yes. I mean, he said that he will lead us and guide us and strengthen us. He said that we can approach the, the throne of God boldly. And if we do, we will claim what? Grace and mercy in time of need. Claim the promises. Possess His will in His power. Greater is He that is within you than He that is within the world. How are we going to face the world? How are we going to face the government? How are we going to face the schools? How are we going to face the people on the job and wherever we walk? Because God is still on His throne and He will always be the greatest. Possess His power. And possess His purpose. God has a purpose for your life. And it's not to do what He called me to do. God didn't call me to do what He called you to do. He did all call, did call all of us to be salt and light. He called all of us under repentance. And those who repent, He's called to tell others about Him. We are to make disciples. That's everybody. You don't get a choice in that. You don't get a choice in that. Well, I just, I don't talk well. And uh, I, I just, I don't believe God's called me to be a witness well. It don't matter what you think God did. And if you are born again, you are truly saved, then you are a witness. Whether you like it or not, you're either a good witness or a bad witness, but you are a witness. And if the Holy Spirit's within you, He's got to come out. Because He will not be kept silent. He's a jealous God. Church, it's a new day. It's a new day. We need that spiritual help. We need to possess the promises God has blessed us with. Imagine what can happen if we just step up and say, God, I can't, but you can. That's it. God, I'm not real sure about what tomorrow holds, but I know you hold it. I believe that you want to do great and mighty things. Lord, I believe you want to win our community to Christ, and I believe you've called me here for such a time as this. I just want to surrender to you today. In a minute, they're going to come to the instruments, and I'm going to invite you to come. I'm going to invite you to come to this altar and do one of a set of several things. Number one, you want to start out the year knowing that you belong to Him. You've never been saved. You've never confessed your sin. You've never come before the throne of God and said, I'm lost on my way to hell. Jesus died for me. You want to come and ask for the Lord's forgiveness of your life to save you. You come do that. 
You've been saved, but for whatever reason, you've never been baptized. You've never truly came before the Lord and said, Look, I'm saved, but I want to tell the world what you've done inside of me. So you need to come and be baptized. You've been saved, you've been baptized. You're a member of East Side, but you're not been where God wants you to be, or God is moving you to a place that He wants you to be. You just need to come and surrender your future. You're a member of another church, but God wants you to be a member here, to be joined with this congregation, this local assembly, to show your, your trust and faithfulness of walking for Him. Whatever you need to do as they come to the instruments right now, I want you to say, Hear my Lord. Send me. Hear my Lord. Save me. Hear my Lord. Use me. It's a new day, God. I don't want to miss it. I don't want to, I don't want to be here next year and be thinking, I wish I'd done more. I wish I would have rested a little more. I wish I'd have told a few more. I would have trusted you a little more. Don't get left behind. I'm trusting you today. Stand and come. New day, new challenge. Trust Jesus. Come. Everyone needs compassion. Love that's ever failing.
come and she wants to join uh, in membership with our church. She's moving over and uh, she's going to be starting school at Armstrong to finish up her RN uh, schooling. And uh, they're getting married in May. So uh, we're thrilled to have Kara coming to join with us at as well was a uh, huge counselor and so uh, what a blessing to have her she'll be such a blessing to our, our young ladies ministering and being part here at Lisa. she'll give she'll give later uh, anything else we'll get you squared away on those dates and stuff I'm just we're going through all this stuff but we are going to be announcing some really cool stuff coming up. And uh, we'll be having small groups before long and doing some other things. But uh, High Tennis Day, Easter this year is in March. So we're gearing up quickly uh, for that. And uh, what a great opportunity to tell the world about Christ. Anything else this morning? All right, if not. <coughs> Great job this morning. Wasn't the songs great this morning? Brother Ray, you dismiss us in prayer. Father God, we come to you today, Lord, just thank you for your many blessings, Lord. We so thank you for this past year. All you've done here at Eastside and this community and around the world. And Lord, we just continue to pray that you will continue to bless your, your people in your way as long as we stay in your will. Or just uh, be with us as God and give us a good favor to cross that to us. Amen. Amen. Oh. Oh.